Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Welcome to the Green Room here on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Nick Devano and Lockie Flanagan here for a bumper elimination final edition here on this Wednesday evening. The show brought to you by Simmons, Australia's great builder. Lockie, it's going to be a massive show today. It's a massive win for the club heading into first final, first home final. Obviously, we're talking a proper home final, not, not a hub situation, but proper home final in the club's history. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. Obviously, there is so many regular season achievements to look back on for this squad. You know, the highest ever finish, most wins in a season, most points. I could go on, but... We're putting that all to the side for one moment because it really is all about this next month upcoming and even shorter than that, this Saturday, the elimination final against the Wellington Phoenix. It's back in front of a home Amy Park crowd for the first time in quite some time. Is it the 23rd of March, did you say? Well, 23rd of March was the last game at Amy, but that was an away game against Melbourne Victory. against Victory, that's right. The last home game in Victoria, well, not in Victoria, sorry, at Amy Park since the 12th of March. They did play two games in Ballarat since that time, so Mm. they have played in Victoria. But this Um, is the first chance to be back at Amy in front of Amy with so much on the line. From memory, uh, that Melbourne City game, remember, I think it was... Their best, one of the best home crowds that we've seen, you know, Western United play in front of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a cracking game. It was a two-all draw. Obviously, we saw, you know, Western take that two-nil lead. They'll peg back. Um, for the neutral, it was it was riveting viewing. I'm sure it was as well for the Western United and City fans as well. But Lockie, who have we got coming up on the show today? Well, I mean, it is obviously it's the start of our final series of episodes, and we've got to do that and kick things off in style. We've got two guests joining us. In the studio, in the studio, and yeah. a, even or oh, another massive one joining. I was going to say even bigger, but I think I think he's about on par with who we're about to speak to. First up in the studio, jumping on to the mic, which he'll actually be right here. I'll yeah. be jumping across. Oh, I yeah. have to take second fiddle yeah. to our Neil Kilkenny, who will jump on with us on the other side of that break. Up next, Ben Caruccio, and then to round out the show, a little bit of a green room exclusive. Actually, I was lucky enough to head on out to the uh, the hangar yesterday and uh, and chat with the man himself. John Aloisi, have a little bit of a review of the regular season, get into the finals. So so it's a a massive hour coming up as we uh, look towards a big, big game this Saturday, 7.45. No, absolutely. And uh, obviously, as mentioned, that game's Saturday night, 7.10pm, I believe, kickoff is as well. So make sure you head over to Ticket Tech, get your tickets, get down to that one as well. We'll talk about that game, preview it all that's on the line, you know, what it means with a win, who they play, everything that you'll need to know heading into this Saturday. But Lockie, let's take a quick break. We'll get Neil in on the other let's side in. and uh, we'll get things rolling here on the green. So back in just a second here on FNR Football Nation Radio. It's a massive week. Back in finals action, you know, you've now actually had a full week to prepare for one game after three games in a week. 
how good is it just to have, you know, a full week to actually get ready for, you know, one game instead of having to worry about all games in a quick spate of time? Yeah, it's good, you know, um, to recover um, and look forward to the game now. And um, we, we obviously know it's a, a big game, but... Um, yeah, like I said, we can't we can't wait to to get going and for the kickoff to, for the kickoff. Uh, Neil, obviously, well, first of all, great to have you on. I don't give up that middle microphone very easily, so we can tell what what kind of esteem you hold that you're jumping into that seat. But obviously, the opponent for this weekend is the Wellington Phoenix. Now we know that the fixtures against those ones have probably been one of the the bigger challenges for for the senior side this season to come up against. And obviously, you know, not getting the results you wanted. It, Particularly thinking back to that game a, a few months ago in Ballarat against the Phoenix, is there any particular learnings that you guys have taken out of that fixture to sort of for, for this Saturday? Um, tactically, we haven't really done that much so far. Um, I think over the next couple of days, um, t- tomorrow and Friday, we will do look into it a bit more in depth. But um, yeah, it was it was a a tough game, you know. Um, they broke on us a couple of times and obviously got a set piece and, and then a goal from a from a, a breakaway as well. So we need to look out for that, but we know that they've got some good players that can open us up as well. So um, like we do, we've, we've got good players as well. So it'll be a really um, interesting game and um, one to look forward to for the fans. Neil, what did you take out of the last week of the season? I mean, it was there was a lot of pressure on you guys to, to get points on the board, and unfortunately the results didn't all pan out the way you would have been hoping for. But what were some of the messages, I guess, internally that you had coming out of that? Because, you know, you ravaged by injuries, short turnarounds on the road. What what came out of that experience for you guys? I think the performances were quite good, actually. Um, you know, maybe, um, in, you know, a bit of a um, concentration lapse or whatever. But um, I think overall the performances have been quite quite good um you know against newcastle against even mariners um even 20 minutes 25 minutes into the game we were probably we should have probably been one or two up and then obviously uh we were we went a, a man down with topper for maybe five five minutes and they, they scored an absolute worldy from that so it's um you know and then they they playing in adelaide it's always tough to the crowd get behind them then, but we showed good character to stay in the game and unfortunately another very good finish where the player, Kito, we didn't realise, he didn't really wind up to hit it. He just sort of ran mm. onto the ball and hit it in his stride, which uh, took us, um, you know, took us a bit uh, aback, but um, yeah, it was a good finish, but we showed again good character and we, sh- we had a couple of chances as well. So... Um, yeah, no, it's one of them things. But we showed we showed a good performance over the last three games, and hopefully we can we can take that in with them. Um, hopefully, a couple of players being back for the games as well. I mean, obviously, those two goals—the one you mentioned, Ryan Kiddo and Harvey Lopez—were were sort of like top draw kind of finishes. Did it have the feeling of one of those days where you did sort of just have to, you know, throw your hands up and say maybe that that game just 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 wasn't for us? The footballing gods didn't didn't agree. Well, yeah, it is, you know, sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say. Um, well done to to their players in the sense of finishes as well so um but yeah it's one of them things um we've got to move on now and we've got to look forward to wellington and i'm sure it'll be um, a good game for the fans to come out and watch well obviously this is your first season at western united i guess reflecting on it obviously there's still a little bit more to go in this first season but what what are some of the you know i guess the experiences you've taken out of this and when you reflect back on this on this first year in this first year of the campaign um yeah it's been good um you know 
we've got a good, very good cha- uh, changing room. Uh, the boys get on very well, uh, very close knit. Um, you know, uh, people probably from the outside would have said, "Oh, you know that." They didn't really expect us to be where we are, but if I'm honest, when I walked through the for the change through the through the doors here, um, I could see within the changing room that we had good characters and, and and good players, some good leaders in there that you know push, and obviously good coaching staff and and a club that wants to invest and, and wants to go places, um, and that shows by the way that they do things. And the club's been fantastic, un- unbelievably professional throughout. And um, hopefully they can continue that. You know, um, if we can, you know, the, if the club can build on what they, what we did this season, um, I'm sure you know we'll push again because this experience of this season will go very far uh, f- for the future. Well, you talk about good characters at the club and it's it's almost unfair to pick one specific one out because they do exist at every level. But I'm going to single out the coach, of course, John Aloisi. Last time we spoke to you on this program, you you told us that you actually, you know, uh, came across him in your playing days as well. How has it been working under him as a coach? And, and what sort of, as someone who's uh, got a bit of an interest in the, in the coaching side of things as well, what do you think is the biggest lesson you've taken out of working under him this season? Um, you know, he knows his stuff. He's been around the game for so long and um, tactically very good. Um, very good, pers- uh, very good uh, person. Um, very good morals. That's a massive thing for me. Um, is And throughout the club, that everyone at, at the club's got very good, you know, morally very well and very good. So, and yeah, so, and he drives us every day. Um, and obviously him and his coaching staff have to, take massive um, massive credit for where the club are obviously as well as the people above who you know are, are willing to invest and 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 pick the right people to mm. be in charge well on the subject of those morals and those messages what has been sort of the the main uh, discourse out on the training pitch this week from John and the coaching staff ahead of obviously a, a huge game for the club well firstly obviously recover from the from the, the, the previous weeks um, the, the last week that we've had um, having three games in eight days um, it takes a bit of a toll but you know recover and um, and then obviously just we know what what we'll be we'll, we'll play like we have all season um, very good structurally well organised and we've got a bit of a quality up the top of the pitch as well so mm. hopefully we can um, like I said um, pull out a result and, and move on Obviously, speak about the quality up on top of the pitch, but yourself and Steve and Renee have formed quite the midfield sort of tandem this year. You know, whoever it is alongside yourself, it seems like you guys have been able to make it work. But in particular, Renee, I mean, he's come in mid-year. I mean, he's done it all overseas as well, you know, along with yourself. What sort of what sort of partnership and what sort of things have you learnt working alongside him uh, coming down, obviously, from overseas as well? Yeah, he's, he's a good player. He's got good pedigree, you know, and um, he's played at some big clubs, so... It's been good, and obviously he's, he's he's a decent athlete. Wins his headers, so you saw obviously the other day against Adelaide, and a couple of times this season where he's he's filled into the uh, at the back. So um, it's good, and yeah, and, and obviously Stevie's been really well. He's nicked a goal, and very good professional, um, you know, and um, you know what you're going to get from him every week. Um, a solid performance, which. If you want to be challenged at the top of the at the top of the league, you need a lot of them characters in because you know you don't want an eight out eight or nine out of ten, and then a four out of ten. You need probably the, most of the teams to be sevens, you know. Um, and if you can do that, you'll be definitely for, uh, at the top throughout the season. So that's um, 
yeah, that's probably a lot of a lot of things I've learned over the over the years of playing. Well, the other the other part of that sort of midfield trio is is Steve, as you mentioned. He's currently sort of unavailable through injury at the present moment. And when you guys had your sort of uh, quite popular axis, you know, that double pivot, you were probably the more defensively minded one. He was the one who liked to get forward and sort of ghost in to score a couple of goals. But the last few weeks, we've seen you go on a few a few more dribbles forward. You had the assist for Edisu, obviously. You nearly had one against Adelaide. Have you been enjoying that uh, that chance to saunter forward a little bit more? Uh, to be honest, we don't really talk about that in the sense of tactics, but, um, you know, with the injuries that we've got, you know, as an older player, I try and take on and try and push the lads forward and, um, you know, and I found myself luckily in the box a couple of times, so um, maybe I should have been a bit more greedy uh, against Adelaide, which... Um, Probably throughout my career, I'm not greedy enough in in them forward areas, and I look to pass before shooting. So maybe I should have shot against, um, you know, Adelaide and the one against Newcastle. If it hits the guy's foot, then everyone says you should have shot again. As well, it's one of them things. But um, if I find myself up there getting forward, I don't mind. It's just a a long way back for me as well. <laughs> and um, I mean, in terms of senior figures, you know, Deer's been out for quite some time now, but we've seen he's been quite a vocal player, you know, still hanging around on the coach's bench and, you know, coming down to training and everything else with obviously his frustrating injuries. Um, what's it been like hit with him sort of taking that different role, not only for yourself, but for the younger guys in the team as well? Um, yeah, it's, you know, he's, he's obviously been around, um, you know, around, obviously around the training ground. He, he, he's been away a bit as well through trying to recover so yeah it's good to have obviously as many senior players as possible but that shows um fantastic management as well from from the coaches that you know that they understand the um the experience the experiences that the older players have and um you know you you come across some managers that are very insecure and they don't want that um they want they want to be in charge of everything but Obviously, the coaching staff at our club is is fantastic. You know, they they realise that we've got some um, players that have played um, at some decent level with a lot of experience. So, um, as well as the, as as the older players, it has to be said that the the coaching staff um, should take a lot of, a lot of credit for that as well because um, you know they're secure enough to allow players to lead, which you need them players on the pitches you know when the when the going gets tough you know sometimes it's hard to get your message across and the players have to step up on the pitch so that's how you create leaders as well um so like i said the um the coaching staff have to take massive credit for that as well and um like i said throughout the season they've they've been uh, fantastic um obviously john aloisi foxy and uh, ja um you know it's, um he it's it's fantastic to work with them yeah that that sort of approach where the coaching staff are very open to the ideas and the advice of, of the other senior players. I mean, we've, we've had a few players come on this program and describe you as someone who acts a bit of a, as a, as a coach on the pitch at times, you know, Dia as a coach behind the bench. It, that seems like a, a an approach and a, an attitude, a team environment that you've, you've really relished this season in particular. Yeah, like, like I said, if you have coaches that are very secure in themselves, you know, they know their stuff. And um, obviously, you, you know, you you try and pass on the messages that the managers or the coaches have um, been saying throughout the week or throughout the season. So I just try and reiterate it, you know, trying to be that character on the pitch to try and help help the players around me and as well as help the, help the team win games. And, and like I said, um, full credit to um, the coaching staff because 
um, what they're saying to us is and it's been working so and I'm just reiterating what they want and um, like I said they have to be very secure in, in themselves to be able to to be allow to allow the older players to do that, and um, like I said, they, they take all the credit. Uh, absolutely. I mean, now obviously you've played in big finals before, big games all around the world. You've done it here as well in Australia and everything else. Now looking ahead to this weekend, I mean, do the players come to you for like? Because not a lot of these players have played in these big games. As maybe some of the younger guys, some of the youthful sort of guys, do they come to you for sort of a bit of advice for these bigger games. Like, what's sort of the messaging heading into that? No, I think they need to, you know, they are big games, but they just need to enjoy it. They don't come to, to me to, or, or any players, well, I've not having experience. They obviously ask your opinion or, you know, but they don't ask how to handle it. You know, mm. They're good players. They need to go out and express themselves. <clears throat> and I always try and say to them that they need to show how good they are and that's, and that's what they've done all season. And if they can perform to the way that they have all season, all the players, um, like I said, it's a fantastic group and, I fully support all the boys because, um, like I said, we've got a fantastic group um, um, within the changing room, and even the ones that that you know haven't played as much this season, they they have to take massive credit as well because every day they turn up to training and they push and they train hard and they show a good attitude, which raises the standard for the players that are actually playing. So the ones on the pitch always get the ones get always get the praise, but the ones behind the scenes that maybe don't play as many minutes, they they deserve massive credit because they're the ones that push push the ones that are playing every day and, and they push the standard to for us to improve as as a group. So um like I said, it's um it's a fantastic group and like I said, I'm sure the players that are that the manager picks will will be uh, stand up and be counted and and as as one, but as an as all, we 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 want them to um, you know perform at the level that they, we know it, they can. The other thing that is a massive push with those sorts of things, especially on game day, is to have the fans you know in a home crowd at Amy Park. Yeah, the, the the Western Service crew we know will be making a, a fine voice this Saturday afternoon. You must be looking forward to getting back to Amy Park and and have the chance to get what would be a, a massive finals win in in front of them. Yeah, we want as many fans as possible to come out to support us. You know, we know it's a, a new club, but you know, in such a uh, a short period, um, it's it's grown so much. So um, hopefully, as many fans can come out, um, come to Amy Park, and and get right behind us because um, it's fantastic when when they come out and 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 get behind us and, and push us forward. And hopefully, they can be the twelfth man on Saturday night. Mm. And a final one for you, Neil. We're about to, to welcome one of your teammates, Ben Garuccio, onto the program. Now, the, the big thing from Ben this season is obviously, it goes without saying, the, the goal. And we are going to get a chance to ask him about it. But I, w- I want you to, to set the occasion for us. I'm going to ask him a question. We find out how many times he's played this goal and watched it back <laughs> since it happened. I want you to put a, your best estimation how many times you, your left-back teammate has watched his own goal back and we'll get the correct answer on the um, other side of the break. Uh, I'll have a little guess and I won't go for a round. I'll go for like maybe 32. Maybe. Ooh, that, I, like, yeah. I like the specificity yeah, of that yeah, answer. Yeah. 32, I'm a big yeah. fan of that. Well, we'll have to verify that on the, uh, on the other say, side. I have to say, Benny's been fantastic this season. You know, mm. his performances every week is, you know, um, have been very, very... He's been eight seven eight out of ten most weeks so and like i said to be at the top of the table you need many of them benny's definitely been one of them and um yes he's like i said he's he's been fantastic this uh, this season and he deserved that goal um 
even though it was a massive surprise. You know, <laughs> I was right, I was there on the pitch, and I was like, wow, <laughs> it was a great adjustment from him, and fair play, he deserves it. Well, Neil, thank you very much for joining us. Um, big game this Saturday. Looking forward to it. Good luck. Um, and hopefully, you know, there's another week of finals, even potentially two weeks more of finals for yourself and, uh, and the rest of the team. Thanks for having me, guys. And um, like I said, hopefully the fans can come out and watch. And I'm sure I'll probably see you guys there as well. No, absolutely. Well, we'll take a quick break, Lockie. We'll get Ben Garuccio in on the other side. And uh, we'll continue here on The Green Room in just a moment. wants to be we, we want to be playing finals and um, you know this is crunch time crunch time for us this is what the players look forward to and the coaches and fans alike so um, yeah we're here we're excited um, can't wait to be back at Amy Park with the with the home fans especially so looking forward to it I mean, Benny, we obviously had you on right at the start of the season on this program. I think it was just after the first game against against Melbourne Victory and talking about you know, how you ended up at the club, your first impressions, that kind of thing. And one of your big focuses, obviously, given the last few years, City obviously getting a great result but maybe not playing as many minutes as you would have liked. It, a lot of the focus was just to you know, play consistently and enjoy your football. It, it seems like you've been having a wonderful time out there on the park for the, the boys in green and black this year. Yeah, it's been, um, for me, my most enjoyable year of my career by far because um, not just the opportunity to play, but the group of players that I'm playing with, um, it's so enjoyable every week. You know, we go out there, we're, we're together. Um, you know, it's not to say that we've won every game this year, um, but I think we come off the park after every game and, um, you know, you can look at every person around the change room and, and you know that they've given their all for the team. And um, that's all you can really ask. And I, I hope that, you know, shines through for the fans as well, that, that that's how we feel. Um, because, you know, I think it's been a fantastic season this season, especially after last year, hmm. to have such a big turnover, um, a new coaching staff, so many new players. And I think the team has adjusted really, really well. And... You know, we haven't done anything yet. Um, we would have loved that that Premier's play it so much, but we've got another chance now in finals and, and I, I believe the boys can do something special. Ben, I mean, it's been a tough week for you guys on the pitch. I mean, those, those three games, obviously the results weren't necessarily ideal. You know, it was in your hands and unfortunately, you know, it didn't go exactly the plan. But what's been the messaging coming out of this week? I mean, heading into this, because you've got to quickly put it to the side. Like there's no real time to sort of, you know, dwell on it. But what's been the messaging coming out of that? Yeah, I think exactly that. You know, we can't dwell on it because now we've got finals. And um, 
it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. If you lose your first game in finals, that's it. So, um, you know, in the season you say, you know, don't worry about it. We go on to next game. Well, this time it's, you know, it's do or die. Um, we've got this one game that we need to get past. That's the first hurdle. Um, and then after that, I think um, everyone knows what lies ahead and that will be, you know, victory or city, um, whoever it may be. And, you know, what a, what a, what a, leg that's going to be yeah. you know two legs um in melbourne that's going to be so good i think for the fans it'll be unreal to have two melbourne teams um going at it across two legs um that'll be that'll be exciting so obviously can't think too far ahead uh we have to think about wellington first uh that's an important game and um you know i hope that we can learn from the last two games uh that we played them um and and get it right this time well Benny, we know that you're you're someone who, you know, particularly after the the injury in Scotland, takes your sort of pre-match preparation really, really seriously, making sure you're doing everything you can. Does that change at all for finals time? Does it kick up a gear for you know yourself and the playing squad? Is there an extra level of intensity and and focus? What does it what does it look like? You know, T minus three days out from the elimination final. Yeah, I think you've got to try and do keep things the same as they have been throughout the year. Um, you know, especially for me um, personally, you know, I, I've been free of injury. Um, so I need to keep doing the same things that I've done all year because, you know, so far it's worked for me. And as, you know, they so often say, it's just another game. Um, you know, it's obviously a big game, but it is just another game. You know, I'm asking my body to do the same things that I ask it to do every other week. So um, prepare the same way. Um, try and keep the nerves, you know, to a minimum by doing normal things. And I suppose that's the only other other thing, you know, there's probably a bit more nerves flying about, you know, that there's a bit more on this game. Um, but at the end of the day, this is why we play, to be in these moments. And, um, you know, the, the big game players, I believe we've got those. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they will shine through on Saturday. And the other thing that makes such a big difference to, you know, getting into these crunch times is the strength and the cohesion of a playing squad. And I'll be honest, like we, we speak to a lot of a lot of players from different clubs on on this station and I don't think I've ever come across a, a group that are as tight knit and, and get along as well as this playing group. That must give you such a boost to know that this is a squad and not just the starters on the pitch, but you know, the bench and the, the people waiting in the wings that are all got each other's backs uh, the, the whole way. Yeah, of course, and and that's what a team is, you know, um, or else we would play golf or tennis. <laughs> um, but that's what a team is, you know, and it's so easy to say, you know, we need everyone, um, not just the starting 11, and, you know, when you're not in the starting 11, you hear that and you think, oh, that's just, you know, he's just saying that. Um, but, it, you know, it's true. We've, we've seen it so many times, obviously, against Adelaide. Um, you know, we saw Barrel and and Reese Bozza um, get on for their debuts. And, you know, I think Benny Collins, we call him Barrel, but um, Benny Collins, I think he did, you know, fantastically well. You know, he came on, um, he was next to me. Um, I tried to help him as much as I could. Um, I probably did the opposite though. But, um, you know, he, he, he did so well. And, you know, when Bozza came on, he only played a little bit, but he did so well. And, you know, that just shows that you do, you need everyone. You don't know what's going to happen in a game of football. And, um, you know, if you're in that squad, um, if, you've, if you've played one minute throughout the whole season, you know, you, you've done your part, um, you've trained all year and, you, and you've pushed the boys along. And, um, you know, we, we collect any award together and we also, you know, 
take our losses together as well and, and that's what a team is. Well, I'm glad you brought up Barrel or Ben Collins <laughs> as, the, as the outside world, world know him because he was also uh, name-dropped by, by Lockie Wales last week when, or a few weeks ago when he was on the program. They were, they were talking about the, uh, the card games that were going around <laughs> during the away trip of, yeah. uh, of 21. Apparently, L- Lockie Wales, who we know is uh, someone who likes to stir things up, said that, that Barrel was, was worst on ground. What was your experience of, uh, of those card games? Barrel was very bad because <laughs> he hadn't really played the game before in a big group and I think he was just caving under the pressure a little bit. But he's actually come good. I will say he redeemed himself in Adelaide, um, started pulling through, you know, a few wins here and there. Um, but for me, Ryan Scott is um, the worst. Yeah, well, Lockie Wells actually said that as well. He was really hard on he won, Ryan Scott as well. He won one game in the 18 hours he was he was at the table. That, that's, that's that's what Lockie said, if well, I was the best? Says it correctly. Like, who was BOG every week or every game, I guess? I actually hate saying this, but Milo was up there. Nick Milanovic was, he's always in the finish there or about. <laughs> Just a consistent performance, yeah. I hate saying that. You don't understand how much it pains me to say that. <laughs> But because um, he lets us know about it, so um, but yeah, he's he was decent. Yeah, he got some lucky cards. What does those trips away do for you guys? Because I mean, you've had a few of them this year where you've been on the road, whether it's going to Tassie for a week or whether it's you know last week going to Sydney for a week, and even before that, there was another sort of long away trip. What does that do for the group in terms of spending time together? You know, being together if it's it's not really a hub, but it's like you know spending that time in a close-knit, you know, environment, what does that do, I guess, for the camaraderie and the and the chemistry of the squad? Yeah, it's obviously, it's good because um, it gives you a chance to, you know, speak and gel with people that you maybe don't, don't speak to so much at training. Um, so it's nice to, you know, see them on that level outside of a football pitch because at training, you know, it's... It's training, you know, yeah. you're getting ready, you're getting yourself ready, you're in the gym, you're getting a massage um, and then we're outside and, yeah. you know, there's, you don't speak about anything other than football really. So it's nice to have that time away, go for a coffee, um, relax and play some cards and, you know, people like Barrel, um, they come out of their shell because, you know, you're playing cards, it's competitive and, you know, there's banter flying about and um, I think that is how you get people to come out of their shell and, and obviously it's, it's great to have that, you know, you want people to be themselves and to feel comfortable um, around the group. So I think it's top. Yeah, well, I mean, thankfully you guys don't have to travel again. If you go through this final series, it's all going to be here. Yes. But in those scenarios when you have to travel, you mentioned that there are some characters in the team. Who's that one player when you get on a flight, you're like, please, like whoever's in charge of flights, don't put me next to them. Like, you know, they're not either you're going cross country. I feel country. like there's a few contenders yeah, in this you, particular Yeah, you're either going on well. a three-hour flight and you're like, I want to get a nap in here, but this guy's going to be yapping in my ear nonstop. <laughs> like, who's that one guy you don't want to be stuck next to? Um, look, I, you know what? Most people would say Walesy because he just doesn't stop talking, <laughs> but I'm probably the second after him. So we'd have a good yarn, me and Walesy. Um, <laughs> You'd annoy the rest yeah, of the people yeah, on the Yeah, probably, the yeah, it'd be like that. Um... Oh, I don't know. Maybe Milo. Yeah? Yeah, maybe not sit next to Milo. Yeah. Not on a plane. Well, you've been there just bringing it back to sort of the finals environment and talking about pre-game sort of set up and everything else. Obviously, you've been to these big games before. You've played in many of these. Obviously, last year you were part of City's campaign. Do you have any sort of, like, you know, pre-game sort of preparation for these sort of big games and any sort of, you know, I wouldn't say, I don't like to use the word superstitions, but things that you do in particular to prepare differently for a final than you might for, say, a regular season game, or is it all just the same? Yeah, n- 
To be honest, it's fairly similar for me. Maybe, you know, a bit more thought goes into, you know, when I'm just around the house and, you know, oh, should have some water. I haven't had some in a while. I know that sounds boring, but um, small things like that, just making sure I'm hydrated throughout this week um, so that I'm ready to go come come Saturday and, you know, fueling my body right, um, you know, treating my body the right way that it needs to be this week so that, that I'm ready to go come Saturday. And, you know, apart from that, as far as training goes, you know, I always try to train the same way I try to give 100% every day no matter what um so on that front it'll all be the same and then you know on the other side just looking after my body making sure I get a good sleep um and basically all the boring stuff that no one would really ever think of and and that's it and I think if I do all that then you know um I'm sure the boys will all be doing the same and and we'll go out and put a good performance together on Saturday. About Wellington I mean there's, it's no secret, well, Western United have not beaten Wellington in quite a long time. You had two tough, really two tough games at different points in the year. I mean, the game in Wollongong obviously being in that real crazy period when COVID was flying around and then you had the meeting against them recently in Ballarat, which a lot of players and even John spoken about was almost like a soft reset for you guys. We got together and you sort of said, all right, we need to, you know, focus and get going again. What sort of other lessons have you take out, taken out from them sort of on a, in an on-field pitch sort of, you know, you know analysis kind of stakes? Because, I mean, there have been two games that have been frustrating, but mm. it seems like a lot of the messaging has been it's not like we actually played that bad. Mm. I think it's not like we actually played that bad and not like we actually felt that the result was the results that they were, yeah. you know, because I think if you look back at the games, the first one where we go 2-0 down... Um, and then, you know, I feel like we we were dominating the play, but we just, for some reason, sort of lost grip of it. Um, we ended up getting one back, but it was just a little bit too late. Um, and then, obviously, the other one was probably, I would say, one of our only really capitulations of mm. the year. Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, throughout the, throughout the year, you're going to get, you know, a game or two like that. So I don't think we need to read into it too much and I'm definitely not making any excuses for those performances. But at the end of the day, the beauty of football is we've got an opportunity, um, as ironic as it is, that we come up against Wellington. And, um, you know, for me, it's it's a final. It's it's do or die, as I said. It's, it's at Amy Park. Um, all advantages for us, um, and I think that we'll thrive in that in that situation. And mm. you know, I'm I'm confident, as I always am, um, in this group of players that that will go out there on Saturday and and put a strong performance out. We'll leave everything out on the park, and you know, if you do that, um, you can hold your head up high um, for the season that we've we've managed to put together. Um, and hopefully, that's enough to take us over the line and and see another couple of games. I mean, I, I put it to, to John when I was lucky enough to speak to him a couple of days ago that it almost feels like Wellington is, is like the ideal opponent for this elimination final. You know, the team who, despite the performances, you know, have managed to get those results over you, to be able to sort of break that hoodoo against them and then get into the likes of City victory teams who you know you can really, really play well against and bring out the best in you, that's almost the, the ideal way to, to start off, it feels like. Yeah, 100%, because um, I'm sure there will be, you know, that, that little bit of feeling at the start of the game, oh, I hope, I hope we don't concede, or, you know, there always is that, that little bit of nervous energy, as I said. Um, but, you know, we've got to go out there and, and stick to our game plan, which we've done all year. Um, you know, and if, it, as, I, as I keep saying, you know, if we do that, I'm very confident in the, in the way that we play, the players that we've got, 
that we can get a good result. And, um, you know, I, I'm just buzzing for it, to be honest. I can't wait to see the fans there. Um, you know, it'll be so nice to be in front of our home fans, you know, in Melbourne um, for the first time in a, in a long time. Mm. So I'm looking forward to playing Amy Park and... Yeah, I'm just, I'm buzzing for it. Well, that's the other massive, massive boon is to be back at Amy Park in front of the home faithful. And it's it's been a bit of a happy hunting ground for you this season as well. I mean, we all we all know what I'm talking about when I when I refer to that. You're hoping you can, uh, you know, lightning can strike twice and maybe you can come up, you know, late into the game and, and pull something out of the hat again. I mean, Killer was talking about having long shots early. You might, might think about the same thing as well. Look, I'm not going to talk about emulating that goal, but... You know, anything to help the boys. I don't care if I score up. To be honest, I don't care who scores um, as long as we win the game. But, you know, I'll do my part. Um, you know, I always try and get up there and, um, you know, putting crosses for the boys. And, and you know, if, if I can get shots away, I, I try to be dangerous when I'm up there and, and help the likes of, you know, Payne, who plays in front of me. Um, you know, we link up quite well. And um, Killer usually is on our side as well. And he's been waltzing his way into the box as well. Mm. Um so yeah, as he as he said, he should shoot more. Um, he would have scored against Adelaide, but um, you know he he's been doing fantastically well as well this season. And um, you know, if no matter who scores, I think you know the more, most important thing is that the team gets the result. Absolutely. Well, the other thing Killer said, other than give you a, a very nice appraisal of your season, was that the the goal, you, the the estimation from him is that you've watched it back. 32 times, which I really like that he went exactly 32. How how close to the pin is he? If, if you're willing to, to admit the, the true number on, on air in front of the cameras. I probably watched it 32 times a day after, <laughs> I reckon. And so, since then? Oh, like, since then, I'll be honest, it has died off. But every now and again, I'm like... <laughs> Why not? If that actually happened. Just quiet yeah, Sunday yeah. Oh, evening. Just, 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 just get it like, out. Yeah, you know, fair enough. It's not as if I go into my photo roll and I'm scrolling <laughs> through. Sure. You know, it just pops up and, um, you know, I've actually seen it on a few TikToks recently, which has been <laughs> nice and they always manage to get sent to me. So, you know, even when I don't want to see it, I see it. So... I'd say probably closer to like the, I don't know, 150 mark, maybe. That's okay. Killer, you're only, you know, 100 or so off. It's all right. Pick yourself up. We spoke to you literally straight afterwards and you said you just checked your phone. Your phone went off. I mean, the days afterwards, like there's no sugarcoating. It went went viral. Like it went gangbusters all over Twitter, all over Instagram, all over TikTok. Did you get any sort of messages that you were shocked by from like celebrities or, you know, athletes, like players overseas that might have retweeted it or anything like that? And you were kind of like, whoa. Like, this is pretty big, like, in that sense? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I, d- I didn't look that closely. I'm sure there was people that viewed it, you know, that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows who, who saw it, how far it got. Um, I think Dave Hughes wrote me on, on Twitter, which I was like, Hughesy. Oh, <laughs> like, the names. That was low I, down I was the list of expected like, names. you know, Zlatan or Ronaldo nah, or nah, something. Dave on, Hughes is in on. that conversation. Yeah, come on. Yeah, Hughesy. So, um, yeah, if, yeah, if you're watching Hughesy, thanks. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he. I think he wrote me in. I don't know, to be honest. I didn't look too too far into it. But, um, yeah, that was... Is there ever any, like, you know players that might get in your ear on the pitch and might, you know, try and give you a bit of a niggle about it? Like, we know there's a bit of, you know, sledging going on sometimes on the pitch. Have you had anyone sort of come up and mention it, you know, in a in a sort of sly or piss-taking way or anything like that? I think after it, probably the next, like, three or four games that we played, like, there was someone from the other team was like, what a joke, that goal. Like, or... Just, or just you know, a bit of a like, nudge, you know. Yeah, like, or, like, before the game or something, they were just like, man, 
like, are you taking the piss with that goal? Is that serious? Like, you did not mean <laughs> that. That is really or, fighting or, a losing or, battle, those guys. I can um, almost imagine Lockie Wells saying that himself. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, come off it. You scored a scorpion kick. Get over yourself. That's just standard Lockie Wales comment. So, um, but yeah, like, there was a few guys that, you know, that I've played with in the past as well yeah. that they came up and, and said congratulations. So it was obviously nice to be recognised um, by other players and, you know, I think um, it's, it's good for the game if, if there's goals like that and there's been plenty of them this year. So um, I think that's good a good spectacle for the game and, you know, it's, I'm sure it's encouraged by everyone. Absolutely. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, good luck for this Saturday. Massive game. Hopefully you guys are able to get up and we get another week or maybe two more weeks of Western United football. And um, again, thank you so much for coming in. And uh, again, good luck for this weekend. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Thanks. No worries. We'll take a quick break here on the Green Room on the other side. Your exclusive chat with John Aloisi from a little bit earlier this week. Yep, you went down to Tullamarine and had a chat to John and we'll play that on the other side of this. So don't go anywhere here on the Green Room. at the hangar, the home, the training base of Western United for this season. And it is a beautiful day for a beautiful occasion. We've spoken to so many different people at the club this season on the Green Room at so many different levels, but the one person who's eluded us all year, we finally get the chance to chat to. And it's my absolute pleasure to be joined by the man himself, head coach of Western United Football Club, John Aloisi, ahead of the finals campaign. John, an absolute pleasure to have you on today. It's been been a long time away yeah, for us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I don't know how I've eluded you because <laughs> I've never got asked. I don't think anyway. Well, but it's, I'm, it's, been, it's been the one question yeah. on, on every, fa- every fan, every viewer of the yeah, program. Yeah. We're loving who we're speaking to, but we need John. We've finally got you. Okay, that's, uh, good. That's perfect. But uh, obviously we're on the eve of the start of the finals campaign for Western United this weekend. But we're going to do a, a little bit of a look at the actual regular season as well to begin with. And I think it's only right that we go right back to the start, even before a, a ball was kicked in competitive football. Obviously, new job for you, coming off Western United, coming off the back of a 10th place finish, difficult morale. You were thrown into a difficult environment, but from there, we've ter- you've been able to turn things around. Highest points finish ever for Western United, highest finish ever, uh, most wins in a season, longest undefeated run. Back at that time, though, right at the very start, did you think those were going to be the kind of accolades that you pulled together with this squad this season? Well, you don't think about what you can achieve. You just uh, you, you look at the squad, you look at what you need, uh, you look at the, the environment, uh, why were people so down, what was uh, the culture like within the club, and what were the positives you know, from last season uh, and the season before, because even though they lost eight in a row and it was a bad uh, finish and, and they had a, a, a bad season in total, that you, you have to look at, okay, so what, what kind of players and group have we got? And, and straight away I looked at some of the younger players and some of the, the, the talent that we have and, 
and you know what we can do, uh, what what will be our strengths playing wise, and how we can uh, you know fix our sort of system to to help the players, and then you start talking about uh, you know the, the the way that we want to be as a as a club and as a team and. So it was, there was a lot of things going on in my mind before I arrived because um, you want to make sure that you know, as soon as you set foot into the club, the players know where they stand. And they, they, you know, so you set your, uh, your behavioural guidelines, you know, your values of, uh, of you know, what we stand for as a club, um, as a team, and then your tactical guidelines. And you just work with that every single day and, um, and you just drive that every single day. And that's what we've done from the start. So, you know, with the support of everyone at the club, it's uh, it's been a great journey, and I've enjoyed uh, every moment of it. And throughout this season, everyone we've spoken to, the one consistent thread uh, of of sort of praise that players have given is the standard of the culture in the dressing room. What a positive environment it's been to be around for new players coming in, and for pre-existing players who experienced the atmosphere last year. As a, as a manager, what's been the secret to, to cultivating an environment where people really are so positive and are, are going out of their way to, to praise uh, the working environment they've got to come to every week? As a player, I felt that I played and trained at my best when I enjoyed coming to training, enjoyed the environment. And, uh, and it starts from the top. So if, if you know, you coming in miserable or you coming in and being negative, uh, then the players will be negative. And so it's important, uh, and I feel it's important that you come in, yeah, there'll be times that you need to, um, you know, make sure that the players understand where they, they are at, you know, playing-wise or training-wise, but it's important that you're, you, you know, you're positive and showing them, you know, why this will work and how it does work and, uh, and praising them at the right times. And uh, so, you know, Again, it was uh, very quickly that you know if someone did something uh, good in training, was praising why that was good for not only as the individual but as a team, as a collective. Um, you know, players that haven't been starting. You know, Ryan Scott is the biggest driver of that culture in the change room, and and showing the players why um, they see it, but showing that I see it, that the other coaches see it. Um, you know, he's the f first one collecting the drink bottles, you know, after a game and cleaning up and, you know, that, that, that means a lot, um, not only to myself but to the club. So that's why um, I think that players really enjoy the environment because they know that it means a lot not only to them but also to us. And, uh, and I, I know that each player believes they're coming to training not only to improve, um, you know, try and win, but also because they want to be around their teammates and that's that's special when you can create that that's really special and especially in an environment or in an a-league men's competition where things are so tight those small one percenters those intangibles like a, a great dressing room environment do make such a big difference and i, I imagine it's, it's a big part of why you guys have ended up where you are in the table obviously finishing the regular season in third place throughout that stretch though what, what are some of the best moments of the regular season that stick out to you both on and off the pitch? Uh, it's difficult to say what are the best moments. You know, off the pitch was just, you know, seeing the, the, the players, how they, uh, how they were wanting to listen and learn and, and you know, wanting to improve. And uh, that, that, that's, that's the most pleasing as a coach. When you've got players that are, are really buying into what you're trying to work on, um, 
you know, you can't ask for any more than that. The results can come and go, but you know, when players are really believing in what you're doing, that 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 will help. Um, and then, you know, there's so many moments that I'm being proud of them because we, we've had it tough. But they don't look for an excuse, and then then we don't look for excuses. You know, it's easy to say, oh, we you know we haven't had a home stadium, and we had five different uh, you know stadiums that we played out of. It's easy to say that in the pre-season, you know, where we were training, the pitch wasn't at a good quality, you know, but that they didn't let that get in their way. Um, and you know, we went through tough periods with certain individuals being out. Um, playing, playing available, COVID situation. And I think the proudest moment I had was when we played against Melbourne Victory and we lost the game. But it was Boxing Day and we had so many players out and they had pretty much their full strength team. And, um, and we went down, you know, 2-0 pretty quickly, but the players didn't stop. And, uh, and I said to them after a game, that, that, that's the line in the stand, that shows who we are. And, um, you know, we didn't win. I've, I've felt that that's when we were on the right track of getting results you know, in the future and, and, and being able to compete. And uh, so that, that was one of the moments that I've, I, you know, I'm always angry when we lose, but I was proud of the group. And obviously not long after that, there was a, a win over the ladder leaders in Melbourne City. So clearly that line in the sand has, has pushed you on to, um, to, to bigger and better things. That brings us towards the final series. Obviously a massive game coming up this weekend against Wellington, a team against whom historically the Western have, have had a little bit of difficulty. Obviously, we remember, but we won't go into detail <laughs> about the most recent result against them in Ballarat. Is there anything that you take out of that game, you know, lessons from the 4 1 result that you can bring into the fixture this Saturday? What was the, the biggest learning from, from that particular game? Know that you could dominate Wellington, and we the, we started the game really well. We were just 20 minutes, they hadn't even got into our half um, but we always have to be switched on against them and make sure that we're always ready because uh, you know they might have one long ball and then they're away and uh, so the players uh, and it would be silly not to bring up certain things about that game because you know the, the next game we had a great reaction I think we, that was the next game was against Perth and we beat them 6-0 uh, and, uh, and so I know the players will be ready I know the players will be switched on I know it's finals, and, and this is where your even uh, your bigger players will step up even more, and we've got quite a few of them. So um, we're excited about it. We're Wellington because we we know that we can um, perform a lot better than what we did that time in Ballarat. Uh, we believe we will get the result that we want, and um, you know we're back at Amy Park, and we've we've been really strong at Amy Park all season. So we're we're looking forward to this one. Is is Wellington in a way almost? the ideal opponent to start things off with in the sense that it's a team against you have maybe struggled in the past and not gotten the results you wanted so at home against them you know home faithful behind you as well it's it's almost it feels like it's almost the perfect opponent to get that statement mm. win and, and say like this is exactly what we're capable of and we can build from here yeah. all the way it, look it's difficult to say which team you know if someone said to me which team would you want in the finals and it would be like we don't really care because we believe we can beat anyone um, and we've proven that we can and so uh, look Wellington uh, will we'll throw up their you know their difficulties that uh, we will face against them but um, you know wh whoever we're going to play against we, we, we believe we're going to be ready 
uh, and that we'll be able to get the result. And then from there, who knows what can happen? I know, you know, we it would be Melbourne victory if we do get a uh, win against Wellington, but we don't want to think about that just yet because we've got the uh, Wellington game to worry about. And you've obviously been, as a manager, involved in a couple of finals campaigns in the A-League men's so semi-final, elimination final. What do you take from those previous experiences, both for yourself as a coach and lessons to give to the rest of the, the playing group for, for what's to come? Yeah, I've uh, involved a few times as a player and then also as a coach. And the ones, as a, I'm pretty sure as a player, each time we played at home, we, we got the result we wanted. Um, and each time as a coach, when I coached at home, we got the result we wanted. So I'm hoping that's, uh, that's an omen because we're playing all our games at home if we get through this first one. So, um, you know, it, it, finals are different. Yeah. F finals are different. You don't need to win in the first minute because um, so many things can happen. There's a lot of twists and turns. That's why it's finals because, you know, ultimately they can only be, you know, it's knock out the first game. Um, you know, I've been involved as a coach uh, in those knockout first games. Once against victory, we were 1-0 down with, I think it was about 30 seconds to go and we scored the equaliser. Then from the kickoff, we got another goal and we won 2-1. Um, and then against Wanderers uh, on penalties, uh, we, we got that win. Um, and then one of the years that we played against the Wanderers um, at, in Parramatta and we were 3-0 up and we ended up losing 5-4 in extra time. That's, that's finals, you know, <laughs> so you just don't know uh, what's going to happen. You just have to try and keep everyone as calm as possible, focus on the process and, and, uh, and our structures and, uh, and, you know, normally they're tight games and uh, so we have to make sure that we're ready from the first to the last minute. It's, it's energising just hearing you talk about it. The finals fever, you can, you can understand how it catches so easily. And as you said, the fans will be able to get to all the finals that you attend because the strength of the Victorian clubs this season, that's almost a silver lining, is all those games uh, will potentially be available to you in Melbourne. The other interesting thing, though, about a final series is that, you know, be it one leg or, or two, there can't be a draw, which means there may come a time where there's a penalty shootout for your players. and. I'm sorry, you're going to have to throw another coin in the jar if someone brought up the, the penalty. Yeah. But is that something that you're going to work into the training pitch? Is it something you're going to give advice to your players about when the time comes? Yeah, with um, whenever we like do five-a-sides and it's a draw, I get them to do penalties after because um, you know, it's good just through the season You know that we want a winner at the end. and. And, uh, and also just to practice penalties. So we, we've got an idea of who our stronger penalty takers are. Um, and then again, it's just to remain calm during that situation because, uh, because it can be very, uh, it's a pressurised moment, but if the players remain calm and think about, you know, the, the process of taking a penalty or how they've taken it in training. So, you know, we'll be, there'll be times this week that we'll probably, you know, players will be taking penalties and. Um, and then they're ready for the moment. Um, I've only experienced it once as a coach, so uh, you know, thankfully we got out on top that day. But you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to the individuals and, and how calm they remain during that, that period. And a final one for you, John. Obviously, we're all hoping that, that Western can take it all the way to the final game and, and maybe even further than that. But the sole focus at the moment is on this elimination final this weekend, 7.45 p.m against Wellington Phoenix. I'm going to leave you with the final word. What's your message to the Western fans ahead of this massive, massive game for the club? 
yeah, to get out there and enjoy it. Um, it's it's a massive game for everyone involved. It's the first time Western United are having a home final because obviously the uh, last time they were in the finals it was uh, in a in a hub. So it's an experience like no other. Finals football uh, is the best, and we all love it. That's why we we still got finals football. That's why it means so much because everyone remembers who won the grand final. Um, so you know the, the season has been a great one. We've enjoyed it. Um, you know we were been top two, three the whole season. Um, but it's all about the finals, and we can't wait for it. So um, come out and support, and make sure that uh, you know you help us over the line because it, it does. It makes a big difference. Our supporters they can help us over the line. It's another chance for yourself and, and the Western squad to write themselves into the history books of, of this club and I'm sure we'll all be watching very, very keenly on Saturday. John, thank you so much for joining us on The Green Room. Pleasure to chat with you. Thanks for having me on. Welcome back to The Green Room here on FNR Football Nation Radio brought to you by Simmons. Uh, big Big show has been so far, Lockie. Obviously, a great chat there with yourself and John. Yeah, Hall, I mean, ahead of this Saturday, w- what a weird, um, weird world! Like to to be able to to be able to chat to the man himself. He's been the mystery man uh, all throughout this series at the Green Room. Everyone has been demanding for his presence on the show. But I mean, what what a perfect time to to get him on. And and I mean, listening to him talk there, yeah, the amount of uh, wisdom he has, not just about the secrets of the success in the regular season, but also looking ahead to this game against Wellington. I mean, you know, it, it's clear that this is the right man, not just for this season, but but for future seasons. And, I mean, who knows what happens in these final series, but I think this is this is a, a, a dynasty that might be sort of a dynasty, being... Or yeah. a, a sort of, you know, a, a generation, a, a long-term plan that's, that's being built here. And if you're a Western fan... Feeling nervous about tonight? Well, I mean, feeling nervous about Saturday, I should say. Regardless of, of the outcome, we're all hoping for a win, obviously, but the future is, is, is very, very bright at this club. Well, we're looking forward to it. Saturday night, quarter to eight kickoff. Got that one wrong before, but it's 7.45pm kickoff. Head over to Ticket Tech, get your tickets, get down to Amy Park. Mm. It's going to be a ripping contest up against the Wellington Phoenix. Just... You know, one thing as well, don't worry. I don't think there's going to be victory fans sitting in the Wellington, Wellington end to, you know... Surely they, wouldn't make, the surely they wouldn't make that mistake no, twice. No, I don't think they will. They've got their focus. Their focus should be squarely on what's coming after that, obviously, in their own semi-final. But the permutation is, Western United wins this game. They will play Melbourne victory in the next round as the highest-ranked uh, team. Obviously, finishing third out of all mm. the, the four teams that finish from three to six, it means they play second, who is Melbourne Victory. So no matter what, and, and that's the that's the exciting thing, isn't it? Like the, games, the games against, against Victory and the game the games against Victory and City, the two you know you pencil them in as the most likely opponents mm. if Western progress all the way. They've had cracking those teams games between those three teams. Games. Been so so tight, tight games. Really exciting, and it'll stuff. be two legs as well. So anything can happen over two yeah. legs and. Look, again, it's going to be big. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a cracking contest on Saturday night. Um, A lot on the line. Let's hope Western United can end 
eight straight games without a win against Wellington, but I get a good feeling that this time, time around mm. there might be a bit of a change and a bit of a bit of there might be something different in the air this time around mm. um, going into this one. Big thanks to Neil Kilkenny and Ben Garuccio oh, came awesome. in studio today. Awesome Fantastic guests. Great for them to take some time out, head down to the Docklands, have a chat to the two of us, uh, and also as well to John Aloisi, who took some time out of his day to have a chat with you down at Tullamore Marine. And thank you as well, Lockie, for heading down to Tullamore Marine and, and getting oh, that done. I mean, anytime someone offers you the, the chance to speak to John Aloisi, I would travel a lot further than Essendon to uh, to speak with a, a well, man of his caliber. You did, Marine, so. oh, and, <laughs> and thank you, Walter, Essendon Football Club. They're the hangar, the mm. hangar. There we go, yeah. using the official terminology. But the biggest there. thank you of all goes to Simmons. Simmons. Of course. The great Australian builders. Yep, of course, they're proud partners of this show and obviously proud partners of Western United. So it all comes down to Saturday. One-off game, sudden death, elimination final. It's win, win or go home. It is as simple as that. It could be 120 minutes. It could be 90. It could be 120 plus penalties. I can't wait. Anything could happen. It's going to be a lot of fun. Lockie. It's time for us to say goodbye. Miss any of it? Head over to our podcast platforms after mm-hmm. this. Catch up with all the interviews with uh, with with Neil, with John, and as well with Ben, and also the full show as well in one big slab. So if you're out in the road, yeah. you're going for a plenty of options. Drive, plenty you've got of plenty options. of options to catch up on the whole thing. So for myself, Nick Debarno, Lockie Flanagan, we'll be back very soon for the next edition of the Green Room. But for now, it's goodbye.